Good morning, friends. You've tuned into Faith Communications of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. We're delighted that you joined us today. Our hope is that today's message will help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we listen to today's message, keep in mind that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now let's go right into today's broadcast. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, that we can be your laborers. Thank you, Father, that we do not labor in vain when we are seeking your kingdom and the expansion of your kingdom. Father, I thank you that the harvest is plenty. And so, Father, I ask that you send us as workers to reap that harvest. I thank you, Father, for the words of provision and harvest over this church. I thank you, Father, that we are a church that is marked by miracles. And Father, I thank you as we start this new series called Identity, that we begin to see who we truly are in you, how you've created us, the work that you have for us, the labor that you have before us, the uniqueness in how each and every one of us is created. May you open our eyes to see, our ears to hear, our heart to receive, our soul to change, and our spirit to prosper. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So we are starting a new series uh, to this morning in September here. We're, we're starting the series and it's called Identity. Identity. And this word has been coming up over and over. It's kind of like those things, even like the Marked by Miracles. Every series that we do is not just because we decided randomly to do it. Every series that we do is something that the Lord has been speaking to me or to Liz or to th- through somebody in our church. And what I find out is that the Holy Spirit works kind of on a similar way all across the land, all across the world, because I begin to like listen to a podcast or look at something, and they're talking about identity. Like, what is going on? Then Marilyn Neubauer comes, and she's talking about identity. And oh yeah, Chris Kidder has a word that's talking about identity to women to women. Like, this is even before like I realized that identity was what we were supposed to talk about as a church on Sunday morning. So I know for a fact that God has plans and purposes through this series, to truly change our lives, for us to see ourselves differently, for us to look in the mirror and see who God created, and not to see who the world has defined, who we're supposed to be, or should be, or used to be, but the true identity of who we are in Christ, and what this is all about, what this means, is what we're going to look at and what we're going to study over the next couple weeks. So I want to say all that because, church, just because we stopped the series called Marked by Miracles... Can I tell you that miracles are not going to stop? Can I tell you that miracles are not going to stop? You see, the the word over the church is that we were marked by miracles. We will continue to be marked by miracles. So just because the name changes on the screen behind me and you don't see marked by miracles, we are going to continue to see miracles. We're going to continue to track miracles. And I'll tell you what, the Lord had spoken something to me just recently, yesterday morning, that the miracles that are occurring have been very much physical, very much physical. And what it began to reveal to me is that those physical miracles will not cease, they will continue. But what he began to believe that he told me is that there are now financial miracles that are going to begin to occur in people's lives and in the church. And I don't say that 
casually because it begins to raise our hope and our expectation. But I'm telling you that the Lord said that it's going to begin to occur in my life, in your life, in the church's life, and we need to begin to believe for it. We need to begin to speak it. We need to begin to receive what God has in store for us as a church. And the reason why he wants to do all this is I go back to the beginning is he wants to show himself as a miracle working God. So you have a testimony that says, guess what happened in my life? I couldn't pay for this and God showed up and paid for it. I couldn't do this and God showed up and now I can do this. I would never get that job and the door opened and I got that job. You know what? They've never gotten raises. Nobody ever has had a raise in my company for 25 years, but I got a raise. You understand, these are the words that are going to begin to be spoken and the testimonies we're going to be able to hear along with, oh, there was a tumor and now it's gone. Okay, you get this. This is what's going to continue to occur in this church. This word identity, what does this word identity mean? The definition of identity is the fact of being who or what a person is. Who or what a person is. We said it earlier, it's like it's the facts. It's the facts. And too often in this world, we see our own identity as the facts that are defining us from the world's perspective. That person's slow. That person's fast. That person's black. That person's white. That person's a boy. That person's a girl. That person is quick. That person is slow. That person is smart. That person is dumb. All of these things begin to be spoken over us by the, by the world. And But what I begin to realize, as you look at the Word of God, He makes it very, 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 very clear who you are. Very, very clear who each and every individual person is. He makes it very clear. You know, this identity, there's an identity crisis all around the world. I understand that, and maybe this is part of what we're trying to speak about here, is it starts when you're born. It starts when you're born. Actually, your parents, your mom, your dad, or sometimes, you know, adoptive parents, they give you a name. They give you a name. And you know there is power in the name. There is power in the name of Jesus. We've been speaking about this. Do you know there's a power in your name? If you don't know what your name actually means, the translation of your name, I would suggest that you go and find out. Because what happens is, is every time someone is saying your name, they're speaking that word over you. And you just think, well, my name's just Jason. That's just what it is. My name's Jason. Well, how many times has somebody said Jason? Quite a few. Do you know that Jason means healer? So the fact that people have been speaking the word healing into my life over and over and over and over, I am not surprised that God has been ministering healing through my life. You understand this? So names are important. And okay, so you may go look up your name. I'm just going to give you a warning. You may not like the definition of the name that you find. Like, you know, I'm not saying to go change your name. What I'm saying is you need to know what is being spoken over you. You need to know what you are speaking over yourself. And as you, if you don't like what your name means, and every time someone calls your name, you can be, have another word in your head that begins to define who you are in Christ. Okay? So I suggest each of you do that. That wasn't even part of what I was going to say. So we get defined when we're born. Oh, look at that one. That's a big baby. Baby Jet. Baby Jet's not here. Baby Jet is a big baby. Doug and Brandy's baby 
like largest baby ever seen, okay? If you've seen the baby, it's a big baby. He's awesome. He is an amazing kid. But that doesn't make him any different, any better, or any worse than Maggie Mae, who wasn't a big baby, right? You understand that. So we begin to define these things over people by what we see, but not by how God sees. You understand that? So we got to figure out what our name means. And then as we grow up, we begin to have nicknames. Sometimes people begin to put nicknames. Sometimes our parents begin to call us things over and over and over. And you know that as parents begin to call things over your child, your child begins to be what you've called them to be. If you begin to call your child as wild and out of control, wild, out of control, you know this child is wild, this child is wild, this child is wild. Do you know what? The child actually is becoming more and more wild as you speak the word wild over your child. We have, a, we have a sweet girl named Eva in our family. And over the course of time, she was a challenge to us when she was young. And we had to intentionally begin to say the words, you know what? Sweet Eva. Sweet Eva. There are stories I could tell you. Woo! We won't go into all the stories about Eva. But we began to speak the word sweet Eva over her. Sweet Eva. Eva's a sweet child. She's a good girl. She's a sweet child. She's sweet. And you understand that over the course of time, Eva is now one of the sweetest girls you will ever meet in your life. Do you understand that the words that we speak, the names that we use, the identity that we begin to internalize and believe changes and forms who we are? So we have to understand what God's identity is for us, what it is in our life. So it begins when we're little. You know, I had one of my nicknames growing up was Slackerman. I'm like, are you kidding me? Could you get any more creative than just adding an S and an L before my last name? Slackerman. I was like, you know what? I'm not Slackerman, but that stuck for a while. And I'm not saying I became a slacker for a little bit, but I can tell you that I wasn't real motivated in my college years as Slackerman became the nickname. So I had to reject that nickname and pick up something different. You know, when I first started at the church, uh, the way the church emails go is they use the first letter of your first name and then your last name, and they put it all together. So my email was Jackerman. And I'm like, I'm not jacked up. Like, this is jacked up. It's, it's jacked up that my email is Jackerman, right? So I needed to get my email changed because I don't want to be Jackerman. You understand? I know this is silly and it's kind of funny, but what I'm saying is, is that as you begin to understand who you are in Christ, we have to see how God defines us. Not as our parents define us, our gender, our color, our ethnicity. How does God define us? So many times when somebody asks us for your ID, what do you first think of? Like your driver's license, right? So somebody says, what is your ID? I need to see your ID. If you want to get in here, I need to see your ID. If the police officer eh, maybe pulls you over for going too fast, they want to see your ID. And on your ID, it has your weight your, or maybe your height, the color of your eyes and your name and your address. And it's trying to identify who you are. And as I'm looking at that, I'm like, wait a second. That has nothing to do with who I am. Yes, in the physical realm, I'm five foot seven, I have brown eyes, and I live at my address, and all these things, I live in Pennsylvania. But no, 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 this does not define who I am. And growing up, I was defined because I was the shortest guy on the team, that I was always trying to play bigger than I was, and it was always this, somebody else was putting this on me. 
So for me now, like somebody asked me for my identity, I'm just like, hey, <laughs> hey, I guess what, guys? My identity's right here. You want to see who I am? You want to know who I am in Christ and what God has done for me and who I am, my true nature because of who Jesus Christ is? Here's my identity. Take a look. Changes your perspective. Anytime someone asks for your identity, think about handing them a Bible. You don't have to do that to the cop, okay? I would suggest that you don't do that to the police officer. But anyway, what I'm saying is this defines our identity, not the license that I have, right? Not my license. This defines it. So where do we want to start? I want to start in Genesis this morning. I want to start in Genesis 1, kind of go back to the beginning. And I want to look at what God said when he created us. What did God say? And when we look at what he has said, we can then determine what that means and that can translate into these few points this morning on how we can walk away looking at ourselves differently in a new light than maybe when we walked in. So I'm going to read this passage of Scripture, Genesis 1, 26 through 28, and then I'm going to go back to it and I'm going to break down each of these. And after each part of Scripture, I believe there's, a, there's something we can see, something we can learn in each one of these. So I'm going to read it all first. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the seas, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Very first thing, then God said, let us. Then God said, let us, in verse 26. You have to understand, you are wanted. You are wanted. The, ver- the first point of this message is, you are wanted. You should write that down. You are, it says, let us. They decided to make you. You understand that. God of heaven decided that he wanted you. Whether your parents wanted you or not is not up for a fact. It doesn't, that doesn't define whether or not God wanted you here. Do you understand that? It says, let us make. They decided. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit decided you are wanted. He said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. He decided to make you. And how did he do it? He spoke it. He spoke it. You know, our last baby, little Miss Maggie May, we were not totally expecting to have an eighth baby. We were not totally expecting that. But guess what? We have Maggie May because God wanted Maggie May to be on this earth. God wanted Maggie May to have a life and to do great things for his kingdom. He had a plan and he had a purpose. He knew that Maggie May was coming long before. In fact, in my view, theologically, I believe that when he created man and woman, he created them in his image, he understood, God understood and saw all that was going to happen. You see, he lives, there's no time in God's things. Like, well, God doesn't know what's going to happen tomorrow until tomorrow comes. No, 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 no. God is, he's omniscient, he's omnipresent, he has understanding of everything that's going to happen. He knew Maggie Mae. He had her name ready to go. We had no idea. You see, he, she is wanted. (laughs) She is wanted in our family. You are wanted in his family. You are wanted in his family. 
It says, then let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. The second point here is we are wanted is number one. Number two, we have power. He created us inherently to have dominion and to have power. You say, yes, this was before the fall, but guess what? We now live after Jesus Christ came and redeemed us from the curse of the sin and of the fall, which means now the same power that he gave Adam and Eve in the initial creation, the garden, we have the same dominion and power to rule and reign on this earth. Oh my goodness. Do you, um, do you get that? Like, this is when I'm reading this, I'm like, wait a second. He's given us dominion. He's given us power. He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness because he wanted us, because he made us. And so because he made us and he wanted us in his image, he also gave us the power. Your identity has power. And verse 27 says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. The third part is we are marked with God's DNA. You talk about all these studies on DNA and my background and genetic diseases and where I came from and who is my greatest, greatest, greatest ancestor and they were a king or queen somewhere, hallelujah, that's awesome for you, mine does not have that. And it is very interesting and I actually really enjoy it, so I'm not putting it down, but I want us to understand that you are marked with God's DNA. He created, it says that they created us, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Whoa, we are created with the DNA of God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. This is how we are created, each unique, each different, but he wanted us. He gave us power, and we are marked with God's DNA. You know, I love when, we have, when there's babies, any baby that comes around, everyone tries to determine who they look like. All right, does ever anybody do, all right, we all do this. I am really, really bad at it. Some may be like, oh, who does that baby look like? I'm just, I have no idea. But some people just like, looks like their mom, looks like their dad, looks like the uncle on the, on the father's side. Like, how do people see that? But this is what we do. We look at a child and we begin to define where their ancestry came from, what their DNA maybe looks like. But what I want to start saying is, you know what? They look like a child of God. They look like they have the DNA of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They now are a different... When I look at that person and I see God and the image of God, he created them, male and female, in his image. Now I begin to look at that child a lot differently. And then we begin to speak over that child a lot differently. Not like Uncle Joe that I don't like very much. I don't have an Uncle Joe. That's why I'm using that as an example. Just because they look like Uncle Joe, I don't, I'm not going to speak Uncle Joe's life. I am speaking because this child, this person is created by God. Unique in his image. They have his DNA. His DNA. It says in verse 28 then, it says, Then... So after he created, then what did he do? Then God blessed them. Then he blessed them. So guess what, church? We are blessed. 
We are blessed. We are wanted. We are powerful. If you could walk away knowing these six things, I would really be happy. So you are wanted. If you could just walk around saying, I am wanted. God wanted me. He created me. You know how many thousands upon thousands upon thousands of sperm have the opportunity to get to that egg? Like scientifically? What? Like, no, it was not a chance. He wanted you. He specifically has a plan and a purpose for you. You are wanted. You are powerful because of him and what he has placed on the inside of you. When you begin to recognize that you are made in his DNA, you will feel more powerful. And not powerful in a bad way, like I can walk into a room and start yelling at everybody. Guess what? Not the definition of power. Got one amen. That's not the definition of power, church. Walking in and just yelling at everybody. Now, the definition of power is God's dunamis working power to do his works, to do his miracles, to to preach his gospel. That's the definition of power. So that is inside of each and every one of you. Inside of each and every one of you. So we are blessed. I just read... Actually, Liz was reading, reading a book, and in the amplified version of the Bible, one of the translations for blessed was this. It was empowered to prosper. Oh, like yes. Blessed means you are empowered to prosper. That means you have power in, inherently in you to be able to bro- prosper. Why? Because he says, God bless them. Then God blessed them. He created you in his image, and then he says, I bless you. I bless all of humankind. I bless you. And when we make Jesus Christ the Lord of our life, we now have the opportunity to bring forth all all the blessings of Abraham, all the blessings of the covenant that he has for us into our life, and we are now empowered to prosper. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I encourage you, don't leave here without doing it this morning. Because you understand when God created them perfectly and then they sinned, Jesus Christ came and washed away all that sin. And now you are a perfect being again in the image of Christ because of what he did. You are now like Adam and Eve, perfectly created with power, with God's DNA to be blessed and empowered to prosper. And then God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. So number five, let me just give you all of them in case you missed them. I'm jumping here. Number one, you're wanted. Number two, you have power. Number three, you're marked by his DNA. Number four, you are blessed. Number five, you are a creator. You are a creator. And I look at that, I'm just like, wow, male and... And female in his image. When male and female come together, we can create something. We can create another human being that God endows with a spirit that lasts forever. Nobody else can do this. No other species can do this. Do you understand? This I'm not going to get into evolution, but like this is like, oh my gosh, like it's not even possible for evolution to be as it says, as they're trying to claim it. It is because God puts a spirit on the inside of a human being. When he creates them, male and female come together and we create something. You understand that is power there. It is different than how animals create. It is different because God creates it with us and there is a spirit that now lasts forever. Do you understand? You are a creator for something that lasts for all of eternity. 
And here's what, I, here's what I begin to believe. You say, well, I've never had a child. But you understand that you are still creators in the words that you speak, in how you treat other people. You are creating generational changes as you begin to speak God's word into people's life. You are a creator. We are made in his image, which means we have the ability to create. It says, be fruitful. And multiply. That doesn't mean just have lots of children. Although we took that, that verse seriously. We took that verse very seriously. We did seven and then God said no eight, right? We already, had, we already had that story earlier, right? But being fruitful and multiplying means a couple different things. One, being fruitful is not just with kids, but it's fruitful in our life. Fruitful in your job. Fruitful in the things that you do and you are called to go do. Fruit in the ministry that God has given you, wherever you are, at your job, at your workplace, in your school, no matter where it is. Fruit. The ministry of your life is measured by the fruit that it produces. So God is calling and commanding us, saying, go ahead, be fruitful. Go ahead and do it. Something we have to go do now. He created us. He blessed us. But now there's some things we have to go do. We have to recognize that, yes, we are creators, and we have to go be fruitful, and we have to multiply. And I truly believe when it says multiply here, it means, again, more than just having kids. But we are created to make disciples. We are created to make disciples. This is how we create. We are created to make disciples. Those who are more and more in his image by having people understand the gospel message and make Jesus the Lord of their life. And disciples make disciples. Then the last part of that verse says, We have dominion over the fish of the seas, the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. So number six is, we are royalty. We are royalty. And I find this very interesting. I actually like uh, not the ancestry thing as much. I actually like following like the royal families, like you know what they're doing, what they're all about. And I find it very interesting that, I don't know, anybody know who baby George is, Prince George? Okay, some of you might know. Prince George, so there's Queen Elizabeth. Okay, this is the, the hierarchy to the throne. This is how it goes. Okay, there's Queen Elizabeth, there's Prince Charles, there's Prince William, and then there was the baby recently, a couple years ago, Prince George. And here's what I found amazing, is the moment that she was pregnant, he was a king in line. Do you understand? You would read the newspaper, you'd read the articles and read the internet, baby George, who was not yet born yet, already had a destiny on his life to be the king of England someday. He wasn't even born. He didn't even take a breath. So you understand, one, the sanctity of life and what God has called and what he wants to see happen. Again, I'm not going to go into that this morning. But what I'm saying is that baby George had an identity. You had an identity. The moment you were in the womb, you had a plan and a purpose for royalty in God's family, royalty to do what he has called you to go do, royalty to walk in your marriage, royalty to walk in the jobs that he has called you to go do. Do you understand when you're royalty, you act differently? If you, if, you, if you thought of yourself as royalty, you would walk, you would treat yourself differently, you would act differently, you would treat yourself a whole lot better than a lot of us do today. If we could see ourselves as God sees us, as royal members of his family, we are royalty. 
Worship band, if you want to come back up or whoever's coming up just to play behind me. We need to begin to see ourselves with a royal identity. I'm probably going to spend a whole week on this at some point. This is just setting the stage for the series. I may take a week on each of these. I don't know. I may walk through Ephesians, which is truly our identity in Christ. So, like, I got a lot of things that are brewing. So you have to come back to just check out what might happen next or where this thing goes. I'm not totally sure. But here's what I want to say to you. 1 Corinthians, I want to wrap up this royalty thing. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 2 says, To the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints. So remember that. Saints. Second. Corinthians 5.17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if you made Jesus your Lord, he is a new creation. So you are a saint, now you are a new creation. Old things passed away, all things have become new. 2 Peter 1.4, by which I have been given us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is the world through lust. 1 Corinthians 2.16, I'm going to put all this together here in a minute, and you're going to understand it. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. So the summary is, since we are saints, holy believers, who have a new nature that is divine, is divine, and who think like God, we are royalty. You are royalty. And if anything changes in your identity when you walk out of here, know that you are wanted, you are powerful. You have God's DNA on the inside. You are a creator. God has given you the ability to create. You are blessed and you are royalty. You are royalty. We begin thinking that way when we look at ourselves in the mirror, we begin to talk to ourselves differently. And when we begin to talk to ourselves differently, we begin to believe differently. And when we begin talking and believing differently, it actually begins to change how we act, how we see ourselves, and what we do for his kingdom. With every head bowed and everyone's eyes closed. If you're here this morning and you said, I've never, I've never made Jesus, the one who has cleansed my sins, the Lord of my life, my Savior. I want to give you an opportunity to do that now, this morning. You say, I've never made that decision, but I want my life to be radically changed, to be different. Because as the song that we sang, Jesus changes everything. If that's you this morning, if you've never made Jesus your Lord and Savior, just slip your hand up. Anyone at all, never made Jesus your Lord and Savior. Okay, keep your eyes closed, your heads bowed. This is just between you and God, but so often it takes an act of obedience It takes something on our behalf to do, not just to think, but to do. 
And this morning, if you say that I want to begin to walk with a new identity, I am determining to see myself differently as the Word of God sees me. And I am committing to study this out, to listen to this series, and to say I truly want my identity to be in Christ. Just slip your hand up this morning. It's good. Just keep your hands up for a moment. I want to pray for you. Heavenly Father, those who have their hands up, you see their act of obedience. You see their act of surrender. You see their act of saying, I want to see myself as you see me, not as the world sees me, not as my parents defined it, or my friends, or anybody else. Father, you see them. Begin to minister to them now in the name of Jesus. Begin to minister a new identity, an identity of royalty, identity of power, an identity of one who is blessed, who is truly marked by God's DNA, by your DNA. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, small group leaders, if you want to make your way up front for me, if you have a prayer need for anything in your life, these prayer leaders are up here to to pray with you, to talk with you, to tell you what God's word says about your identity, about your healing, about your financial situation, about your relationship. They use this to define the identity, and that's what I want to do this morning. So if you need prayer for anything, come on up. And I just want to read as I close. Out of Psalm 96. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord a new identity. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord and bless His name. For He created you. It is His identity that resides on the inside of you. Proclaim the good news of His salvation from day to day. Declare His glory among the nations and his wonders among the peoples. So, Father, as we are released to go do what you have us doing this afternoon, that we would be blessed to be a blessing, that we would begin to see ourselves in a new light with a new identity, an identity that's defined by you and not by this world. So, Father, I thank you for these things. We worship you today. We give you all the honor, the praise, and the glory. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Amen. You are dismissed. Have a wonderful Labor Day weekend. Thank you for being a part of today's Faith Communications broadcast of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. If you do not currently have a church home, you are invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Erie Christian Fellowship is located at 5900 Saratania Road, directly across from the Walnut Creek Middle School. You'll find us on the web at www.ecfchurch.org where you may sign up to receive our monthly faith communications newsletter. Again, thanks for joining us today. And always remember 2 Corinthians 5-7 that declares, For we walk by faith, not by sight.